Hey everybody, this is Kevin Kautzman with the podcast Get This. It's the show about things people love. I'm coming to you from the studio here in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota on Wednesday, May 27th in the foul, increasingly foul year of our Lord 2020. And I'm joined by my pal from Twitter, comedian Larry Smith. Larry, how are you? I'm dandy, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show. Dandy. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, that's a, a standard greeting I picked up. God, I forget how long ago, but uh, it was it was always said. It was no, it was when I worked retail. Um, I worked <laughs> at a Walmart, uh, not even okay. a super Walmart. It was a hometown Walmart, and uh, <laughs> so we 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 had kind of groceries. But uh, I heard a guy that had been there, God, probably 10 years, and people would come up and go, hey, how's it going? And he'd go, dandy. What dandy. can I do for you? Swell. So that, yeah, super duper. <laughs> Nobody really wants the answer to that question, especially this year. No, no, no. No one – like, it didn't matter what year, but yeah, especially this year. How you doing? Well, I'm real sad. <laughs> Right. I'm mortified at the state of affairs. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Everything that I have sacrificed my entire life for uh, over the past several years, uh, I've had to stop doing. Correct. Uh, The thing that I found out that I was actually good at. um, Yeah. No, but I'm great. How how are you? (laughs) How are you? Dandy. Dandy Dandy. is the answer. Dandy. Dandy. I pick up my glass of whiskey. I love it. I love it. Well, and I'm going to have my uh, my LaCroix. <laughs> I'm, uh, hey, yeah. We all have our vices. I found the <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, Larry, you're a comedian. What are we going to talk about today? This is the show about things people love. So we got an hour to go on about something that you're into. Anything you want, whatever you're into. Um, okay. I, I know being a comedian, I'm supposed to be like, let me talk about George Carlin's third album. It's not, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> that would be I cool have, though. I'd be into yeah, that. Yeah. Look, I've got, I've got a copy of class clown on vinyl, uh, that I found, um, at a, it, it was a collectible store. They did the uh, comics and toys and vinyl. And in the back of it was this cool punk rock venue. And so I did a lot of shows there and they always, they would pay me. Uh, but before they would pay me, they would just keep a tab up front and I would just keep setting records. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they knew right. they, they could just pay me less at the end of the night. Um, but I, I want to talk about uh, my, f- it's my favorite series of books. Uh, and, and uh, I'm a big old dork mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. but it's uh, the Dresden files by Jim butcher. Okay. All right. Um, and it is for, for a, a kid that grew up, um, in the, in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. All right. Playing Dungeons and Dragons. All right. My man. Rolling twenties. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and being into movies like, like Lady Hawk and Highlander and, and all the fantasy movies, um, the Jim Butcher's Dresden Files is just about as as cool as it comes, um, and it takes place in in I like I I told you before. No offense, because um, you know it, it, there's some there's some beef there between some of the cities, but uh, it's my favorite. It takes place in Chicago. All right, is and that where you are now? No, no, I'm I'm actually um, I'm in Springfield, Illinois. Okay, all right. Um, 
right smack dab in the middle of the of the state, right here in the state capital. We're neighbors, yeah. neighborly, yeah. neighborish. Yeah. yeah, we're right here. Yeah, um, it's not that far. Uh, of course, for me, uh, doing doing stand up and not having a Netflix special for me not too far is you know six hours one way to go do a show. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How many years? How many years in are you? How long have you done stand up? Done stand up for five years, but I did before that. I was doing some improv and some sketch and um, theater. So for for <laughs> growing up and getting into adulthood, my my dream was going to be I was going to be the next great Shakespearean actor. <laughs> Yeah, you know, excuse me. I, I have a bit of a theater background, so that I feel that. But coming, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of open yeah, positions I, for that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you if you like being hot in in tights uh, <laughs> in the middle of summer right. while getting eaten by mosquitoes in Connecticut, you yeah. made it. You made it to the yeah right. Yep, the show because because the world needs an, another Shakespearean actor the way it needs another stand up comic, mm-hmm. um, but. I'd always, I'd always loved stand-up comedy and had always just, it had been, it had been something that I loved, but I just never went that direction because I always had day jobs that took up my time and took sure. up my life. Um, and then I finally got a day job intentionally, um, took a pay cut and everything just so I could start pursuing, um, and hit the worst thing in the world happened the first time I performed. And that is, I did well. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. no. no, that, no if you're a stand up, yeah, yeah. you should bomb hard the first time. Right. Because I set an expectation for myself that was not going to be attainable for mm-hmm. another two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I don't know what it was about that night. Where was uh, it? Where did it happen? It was okay. It, as any good story does, I was um, I had been drinking, um, <laughs> so it was it's this it's a winery outside of like out in the middle of nowhere between Danville, Illinois, and Champaign, Illinois. It's called Sleepy Creek, and they had the winery downstairs above was this what they called their bed and wine instead of a bed and breakfast. Sure, it was a really sure. cool apartment kind of a cabin like we were there with some friends of ours my wife and and I and uh we had been there before and had come back and the the manager at the time had she had given us a tour and had come up we were like just come upstairs hang out and I was several Manhattans deep and now had been working on a couple bottles of wine uh-huh. and Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Everything starts sounding like a good idea. <laughs> right. Start buying domain names. Yes. Oh my <laughs> Oh God. Uh, if anyone wants to buy Cap and Dum Dum's Magic Circus, <laughs> I'm I'm not selling that. That's too good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to so keep Kayla. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm. you keep that one just in case. <laughs> but uh so Kayla, the manager, says, Hey, tomorrow night. I don't know if you guys are interested. We're having it's going to get loud, but we're having our our annual gong show, and we've got several comics from Indiana uh, or Indianapolis, Champaign, and we've also got some performers and uh, you know just uh, some musicians and such. Do any of you guys have a talent? 
And our friend Kate, who we were up there with, uh, pointed at me and said, he's a comedian. And I said, I am not. I have never done it before. Mm. And Kayla said, well, get this. This is how far away from home are you? I said, I'm like two and a half hours, almost three. And she's like, perfect. What do you have if to you, lose? Exactly. She's like, if you bomb, you bomb in front of strangers. You, If you bomb, you walk right off stage, grab your bottle of wine, head upstairs, and just get wildly drunk. And I went up on stage, did well, and at, I didn't get gonged and ended up getting third place that night. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And now you think, ah, I'm the next Doug Stanhope. I'm going to be, I'm huge. I made yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Where's where's HBO yeah. just, uh, for me to sign my contract? Yeah. Get CAA um, on the line or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Call United Talent. <laughs> <laughs> I got your next big thing. <laughs> and then um, I did, I came back home, did a, an open mic at the comedy club and did essentially the same five minutes. And it did really well. And everyone was like, wow. Did you have five minutes prepped or were you ad-libbing? What was it? Now, I um, I'm a, I, uh, have anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I overthink and overprepare. Okay. So, I had told uh, my wife I'm going to write for a, a year solid to come up with material. And then I'll start performing. That seems smart. Was, yeah. Well, and it to me, it seems smart. Right. I had... I had other friends who were comics already that were like, just come do it. Get on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a try. Like That's the only way you can learn, which is true. Mm. But to me, I'm like, God, no, no, I have to prepare. I have to be ready. Mm -hmm. And so I had pulled up the the jokes. I've been just keeping everything in my phone. I wrote out a set list. So I went and did that open mic, the first open mic here, and it went well. And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to be getting uh, feature sets here pretty soon. Montreal, here we go. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, JFL, get 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 me up there. You're gonna want you're gonna want to pay me to right. fly up. Yeah. Um, and then I got I went back and they're like, "Can you do a longer set?" Absolutely. And I did a longer set, and I uh, I don't know. Can we curse? Uh, let's try to keep it clean. There's this uh, station in London that puts us on, and okay. so yeah, yeah. But I understand what you're gonna say. You ate yeah. it. I ate it. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 yes, I ate it. And, uh, I, I meant to ask if we could curse beforehand. I should have mentioned uh, it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we can get uh, around it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, I can, I work clean too. Um, <laughs> I open for a clean comic sometimes. So, you know, all right. Okay. Does he, um, does he have a puppet? Uh, no. Okay. No. Uh, I have standards. Okay. <laughs> right. Not a magician. <laughs> Not a magician. I should Not be nice. A- I'm having a magician on soon. I'm actually pretty excited about that. So. I actually, there's a, a guy here in town, a friend of mine who I, he is a magician and I've encouraged him to do more of it on stage. So yeah. I really should be nice yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a cliche, isn't it? Oh, it is. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the puppet thing is true. So you ate it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but the best thing in the world, we've got actually a really, um, we've got a really supportive for the most part, um, scene here in, in, in Springfield. Um, and the guys that had been doing it for a while came up and they're like, Hey, I saw where you were going with that. Don't let it discourage you. Um, you're going to fail a lot. And the best piece of advice I was ever given about stand up and a reminder was it's one of the only art forms to 
use that term loosely. Um, but it's one of the, <laughs> it's, it's one an art. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's one of the only um, it's one of the only art forms you have to fail in front of people mm. at to get better. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can you can be a, and not to take away from musicians. I'm not a musician. I envy that. Mm. But you can practice Wonderwall in your bedroom over and over again until you get it just right. And then you can go perform it. That's true. Indeed. Uh, if you are doing jokes, you might think it's the funniest thing in the world and the audience will disagree. I'm a playwright and it's similar. It's yeah. tricky. You have a little more control because you're writing it all down, but then you have to hand it over to actors and they may have another idea and a director who may have another idea. And then the audience may have yet another idea. So yeah, the performing arts are, they're tough. Yeah. They're tough. Yeah, they are. They are. But it's also, um, there's nothing more thrilling than when it works. Oh, I bet. I'm a yeah. huge fan of stand-up comedy. I'm a big, big fan. Uh, what's the thing that Stan, Stan Hope says? He says, uh, I was just listening to his podcast, so it's top of mind. But he's, he's talking about musicians and how lazy they are and how if he went up and he told the same joke over and over and over again, the way that they get to repeat the same lyric, uh-huh. he'd, get, he'd get booed off stage. He's oh, got yeah. a point to that. It has to be 60 minutes plus, you know, for, for a special or for, for, a, you know, for a feature or whatever or a headliner. And you got it. You got, you can't repeat yourself once. If you do, people are going to think you, you know, got some sort of condition. Right. Oh, absolutely. And oh, well, he's a hack that doesn't have new material. Right. Or a musician can go up. I, I've I've been to lots of concerts where they've been like, "Hey, you'll recognize this next one," and they play a cover. <laughs> right. Yeah. If, if I were to go yep. up on stage and go, guys, just do like a VH1 storyteller type of thing, where I'm yeah. sitting on the stool and be like, "Hey, you know, I remember a summer day sitting in the truck with my old man." And uh, we had a really good conversation, shared a bologna sandwich, talked a lot about life. Yeah. And then he played this next bit. It's always <laughs> meant something to me. Anyway, here's George Carlin's seven dirty words bit. <laughs> People were like, get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it could be genius, but you'd be, yeah, you would probably be laughed off stage and not in a good way. Hey, have you heard yeah. this one from Hedberg? <laughs> like, okay. I mean, it would just be terrible. Yeah, what, what are you doing? I'm doing covers. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no. A co- I'm a cover comedian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't go to bars and be a cover comedian. Right, no. right, right, and, right. You just start reading the lyrics uh, to Stairway. Um, yeah. Have you <laughs> – you ever, you ever uh, connect with Kelly Carlin on Twitter? She's a fun follow. Uh, George Carlin's daughter. Oh, Check yeah. her. Yeah, she's great on Twitter. Really interesting. Yeah. I think she's very yeah. into meditation and, and things. Yeah, she's uh, she's an interesting. I, I say she's an interesting person. Like she's not great, but yeah. you know, she's she is a, a cool. Sometimes fall. she'll drop uh, drop a nugget about about her dad. You know, it's not all about her dad. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's kind of fun. Cool. So you were you were talking about the Dresden uh, files. Yes. Tell me about this. Okay, so I I'm to steal a line from a, a reviewer, and I don't remember the name of the reviewer. But the best way, to, and it's it is the best way to describe the book uh, or the series of books is uh, Philip Marlowe meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, cool! It is so. Harry Dresden is a a <laughs> a private investigator that happens to be a wizard, um, 
who also happens to be a giant dork. He is um, just a big old nerdy guy. And he is like his, his business card is uh, something like, you know, no birthday parties. No, you know, I'm not that kind of wizard. And <laughs> not a, right. I don't do that kind of magic. Yeah. 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 Funny. Um, and so it's it there in this world. It is, you know, everything's real. Vampires are real. Uh, Valkyries exist. Dragons. Um, there are evil wizards. But on top of having to to deal with the evil wizards and the supernatural threats like trolls. Occasionally trolls just show up in Chicago. Um, he also has to deal with like some, some organized crime bosses and just regular human crime. Um, so it's this wonderful, fun, silly, um, serious at times. Cause like the stakes actually exist. Cause people do like characters that you love get offed in this book. Okay. All right. And you're like, no, no, you can't do that. Um, All right. And you know, there's, there's in the first book, there's this great, because he carries his, his wizard staff. He dresses like a normal person, but um, he also wears uh, like a long duster, uh, not like an overcoat, but like the, the Western like proper style duster. Yeah. yeah. And he steps out of a, a car and he's like, you know, the wind hits my hair and whips my coat behind me because it's all in, in first person. Uh-huh. Kind of a noirish uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very noir. But he's like, the wind hits my coat and whips it behind me. And he does some more descriptors and he goes, I look really freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> a little campy. A little. Yeah. 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 Because he's like, he's a Star Wars dork. Like he loves Star Wars. I say that with all love because I'm a Star Wars nerd. Sure. Uh, currently obsessed with Jedi Fallen Order on okay. on Xbox. Um, all but, right. But yeah, he makes he makes a, a lot of references to Star Wars and other other nerd stuff. And he is he's friends with a, a bunch of werewolves um, who they all play Dungeons and Dragons together. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. yeah, this is fascinating. This is a whole thing I didn't know. Um, yeah, this is, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's just, it takes the supernatural and brings it into a very human and humble world. Um, did it, uh, get made into a series by the sci-fi channel? I'm doing a little reading on it in the background here. It did. Um, we'd rather ignore that. Should we ignore that? It's not good. Let's pretend it never happened. Um, they did the best with what they could, and the dude that played Harry Dresden mm-hmm. was um, – he was on Arrow, if you're familiar with that series. Um, I'm really letting my nerd flag fly. Let it fly. Um, but uh, uh, he played uh, the lead cop um, on the Arrow series who was Oliver uh, Queen's girlfriend's dad. Uh, but anyway, he's he's he played Harry Dresden, and they just they tried so hard to capture the spirit of the show, mm-hmm. but it was so poorly executed. Mm. Um, they took some characters and kind of shoved them together to make one character, and it made yeah. no sense. Yeah, there's there's a a character in the book, Bob the Skull, and Bob is a a knowledge spirit kind of like an external hard drive for magicians. Okay. 
Um, but his spirit lives inside of a skull that sits on on the shelf in in Dresden's laboratory. And in the show, they turned it into this, and it was if you're going to do anything, but they turned him into this like effete British guy. Mm. Whereas in the book, he's this lecherous spirit. Mm. Like he's he's just he when he doesn't want to do work harry will leave him romance novels like trashy romance novels <laughs> to read yeah, yeah, to, yeah to kind of pay him off guys yeah, i see okay that's amusing yeah and like one you know he he's allowed out of the skull every once in a while and he knows that this knowledge spirit is kind of a he's just an old perv and he goes to the to the girls sororities and just hangs out outside the windows. And, oh and no! Yeah, yeah. But he's, yeah. he's not. He's not. He's uh, sure. He's, he's harmless. He's harmless. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. literally is. He yeah. can't do anything. Right. But he's like, all right, all right. If you help me with this, then I'll I'll release you for an evening, and you can just go peeping. Uh, so, but I say that, and it sounds more problematic than it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the idea that that he's letting this guy go sure I, yeah when you say it it's uh, but I'm sure in context of the of the book it's silly and goofy it is. yeah 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 it's goofy and fun um, but you know there's there's uh, this whole uh, other side where it it's <laughs> they they uh, explain to you the the origin of Santa Claus and who Santa Claus actually is <laughs> okay. Which is fantastic. Um, Santa Claus is not to be trifled with. Um, and then there's the the Michael Carpenter is another character, and he is uh, a knight of the sword who essentially Michael is God's right hand. Okay, and carries Exc- he carries Excalibur mm. and is um, this very righteous and and wise individual who he and Harry are best friends. But of course, don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, but it's it, it, the series is so great because the first book, Harry's kind of a he's new. He's new. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, in D and D terms, he's low level. Right. Right. And of course, there's 15 books plus two collections of short stories. But throughout the 15 books, you watch literally watch him level up. Uh huh. Which is, it's a cool aspect and his, his, as these events happen, his personality and his way of thinking and everything changes. So he evolves and so do the other characters. Um, and a shout out to, to Jim Butcher, the author, he obviously loves this series, but also loves his fans. Mm-hmm. Because he makes sure that he does, he he makes sure that he puts out a product that he knows they will love, and he's not about to put out a a book that he doesn't love. Like this, the newest book is coming out this summer, and I don't remember what it was called. Um, but he, it's been a f- couple years, and he is like, he's like, well, I'm about halfway through. Okay, well, I hated this, so I'm rewriting you know, where this is going. He's very de- careful. With I like story. that. I like to hear that. I read on the wiki that the original proposal for the first novel was uh, the title was going to be semi auto magic, which <laughs> I think is quite cool. Yeah. It kind of summarizes the gist of what it's, what he's getting at. Yeah. 
yeah and it's you know again harry is just this um it's just a relatable character mm. uh, um in in the midst which to me takes a really good storyteller to take this fantastical idea and bring it into reality because mm-hmm. he could have said it in you know made up city usa sure but he it's in chicago and that's the other thing when he's like ah we were over on fullerton and i was like oh i know where that is there's actually tours there's harry dresden tours <laughs> are in there chicago oh wow oh wow. that's cool that's fun yeah yeah who who'd have thunk i and it sounds like the rules of the universe are pretty wide open he can kind yeah. of do what he wants but i imagine that it's still grounded in a kind of noirish uh crime drama hard-boiled kind of a you know, set of rules there, but it sounds like then he can talk to a gargoyle or Santa Claus can be some ancient spirit or something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, Fun. it's all, it's all based in reality. Um, and yeah, it's there. The stakes are real. If someone gets hurt, they get hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but in some situations, magic fixes stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. As it but should. Ma- yeah. But when magic fixes stuff, there's still a price to pay. There are consequences and everything. You know, yeah. it vaguely reminds me of Preacher. I don't know if you're a Preacher fan. Is it adjacent? Maybe. It, yes. It's a uh, Preacher adjacent, but with less depravity. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. A little more yeah. of a, I don't want to say PG-13 Preacher, but Preacher goes pretty hard. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> I was, uh, never allowed to own any of the books uh-huh. as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would go to the bookstore because I was super cool and drowning in ladies. Um, <laughs> when you weren't in the basement playing D and D. Oh yeah. Right. I was hanging out at a bookstore and, uh, would <laughs> take the, the volumes, uh, because mm-hmm. they had the trade paperbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would hide in the bookstore and read until I would hear a, like what a, there was these, there were cool employees. And then there was this one mean old lady. Mm. And so I would then h- find a different position in the bookstore to hide from her. Mm. Cause if she caught me reading for too long, she would, uh, Tell yeah, me, you, I would have you're to cutting, buy it. You're cutting the pages. Preacher, yeah. Preacher was pretty intense. Did you did you come from a very strict family? Um, yes and no. Hmm. Um, some things were pretty off limit. Like you know, it, Preacher's pretty. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, blasphemous. Indeed, <laughs> indeed, and- it is. And my my mom is very devout. I have no idea what my dad believes because, in his words, that's none of your business. <laughs> really? That's, yeah. Seems okay. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it also, my my folks are divorced. Okay, I understand. Uh, okay. But hold a comic whose parents are divorced. <laughs> you know, really? Somebody who needs a lot of attention. I feel I know. fulfilled. It's shocking. <laughs> It's 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 absolutely shocking. And I have two older sisters and one younger sister. That's right. I'm the middle child of divorce. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just checking all of the cliche boxes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, you're happy you're happily married yourself. Yes, I am. All right. Am. Congrats. All right. Yep. That's happily good. married. I've got uh, I've got three three kids. Okay. And a very quiet house. Did you did you kick them out for the podcast? Are they are they? <laughs> yes, I was like, you need to go. <laughs> this is very serious business here. 
Yeah, I'm I'm talking about um, the the most. Ser- they they know I take Terry Dresden very seriously. Yeah, cool. Uh, I was like, you go sit quietly in the basement. <laughs> that's that's right. Daddy's locking the door. <laughs> Actually, everyone is uh, is um, in in various places. My my wife went to go uh, take care of her her mom oh, during okay. this time. Her mom's been yeah. quarantined. And so have we, mm-hmm. everybody's been locked up with no, um, contact with the outside world. So she's delivering groceries to her. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. And, uh, so she's sitting and having a, uh, they, they have a, an eight foot, um, folding table that, that they keep in the, in the garage. Uh huh. And so they can sit on either end of the yeah. folding table. And socialize and, and right, yes. right. Yeah, so it's 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 good for her, and uh, yeah, all the the kids are doing various and sundry activities. So cool, as it should be. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So no preacher growing up, except if it was clandestine. Did you actually manage to get through the whole all all the comics at the book at the bookstore? I, I sure as heck did. Absolutely, <laughs> nice. I did. All right, strong move. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I I I'm pretty sure Garth Ennis would approve of of a uh, yeah eleven year old ten year old kid sneaking around reading i think they got their money out of that series i think they did okay yeah 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 classic yeah Yeah, i think that yeah they were doing okay and i think if i ever get to meet him i'll be like hey i never bought the series but i did read it big fan i read it yeah uh, crouched in a bookstore was it in a mall or was it in a oh man you're taking me back oh yeah i can almost smell it you can smell like the the pretzels and orange Julius around the corner, and just that oh. that American mall smell from I'm guessing what the the 80s or the 90s. Oh yeah, yep, uh, early early 90s, early 90s. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Aladdin's castle was catty cornered from the bookstore. Okay. Um, if you know what Aladdin, Aladdin's castle was, the the um it was it the arcade. arcade? Of course. Yes. Oh man. And so I uh, I. My my, we would come into town because that's how far away from town we were. Yeah, um, being uh, out in the sticks, and uh, we'd come into town, and my dad would go with with my stepmother to go shopping. Sure. And by that, he would uh, go to the Dairy Queen, get ice cream, <laughs> and he would sit on a bench alone mm-hmm. yeah. quietly right. while my stepmother shopped and. He would be like, "Here, here, just take a little money, and then I'd give you a ten or something, and just go." Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Aladdin's ten dollars in tokens, stealing, um, stealing stories from the bookstore. Yeah, so. yep. And you're just letting letting an eleven year old run off in in a busy mall. Yes, I mean, incredible. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, he was almost mad at me one time because I was supposed to go no further. KB Toys, so KB Toy Store. Okay, was. Two stores down from the bookstore. Wow, you got you have this mall is planted in your brain. It is some of my mo- it's some of my fondest memories. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, yeah, because it was it was the the touch of freedom, mm-hmm. and, and and again, you know, I grew up on you know in the middle of of the country right. on a farm. Sure, my you know again. Um, being my that my parents were divorced, my older sisters were from my mom's first marriage, and so 
really out there on my uh, on the farm it was just me yeah wow. they were enough older and then my baby sister didn't come along until i was in you know high school sure and so there was a lot of me just hanging out by myself having your own imagination and getting into whatever you were into as a kid yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah i can yep. see that a lot and of so- a lot of video games uh yes oh yeah a yeah. whole lot of uh, lot of Nintendo oh, a lot of uh, absolutely this SNES I don't think oh, there's yes. been a better console um I would arguably the N64 oh yeah the N64 when that came out I mean Goldeneye how many hours oh. did we lose to Goldeneye our generation I still have an N64 uh, and we still lose hours to to Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Oh, you know, I, I think I played. Per- I must have played Perfect Dark. Yeah, I remember when when the N sixty four came out. It was a moment for sure for yeah. uh, for our generation of, uh, of people. I mean, I grew up in a small town in North Dakota. You know, I grew up in Mandan, North Dakota. So, okay. not exactly on the farm, but not in a city either. And yes, yeah, so I can I can relate to this. I think we're probably roughly the same age. Uh, that's cool. When did you get into the uh, the the Dresden series? When did that take over? Um, it was. Gosh, 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and several books had already come out. Um, and so a friend of mine was like, you need to read these books. And I started to read and I kind of lost, I will, I'll admit it. I lost interest Mm -hmm. during the first book. Oh. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay, it's fine. And then a couple, probably, well, no, but a year goes by. And this guy and I, he and I have been friends for now 20 some years. So he knows me and he goes, you've never finished that. And I said, uh, no, he goes, what chapter are you on? Uh, so I told him and he said, just, yeah, yeah. He's like, just keep reading. Trust me. Just keep reading. And so I pushed through and it just started to snowball. And I finished that book and I said, Oh my gosh, that was so good. You were right. I'm sorry I didn't believe you in the first place. Do they have any more? And he laughed. And I, he's he actually lives in Chicago. And he said, when you come up to visit, which um, I, I was going to be up there in about a month anyway, because I, I was going up just to hang out with him and some, and some other friends. And uh, he said, when you come up to visit, I will give you the rest of the series that I have. That's a good friend. Oh yeah. Well, and we are big believers in you f- finish a book unless you absolutely love that book and you know you're going to reread it, you pass it on. You only ever borrow a book. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you can, you can the bookshelf that you can see behind me. Mm-hmm. There are um, two shelves that have um, nothing, <laughs> nothing but Harry Dresden books okay all right Um, big fan yeah yeah that's Um, great because the kids started getting into him okay but i went up and he so my my buddy jeff he's like um keep the because he told me he's like just keep that first book and then he gave me the next five books and And so now you're done oh yeah yeah i'm in this is my life that's it I, i devoured five books in six weeks Jeez. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I just kept, we would go to, to used bookstores and pick them up. 
And because every that's the other thing about this series is every book gets better. Mm. Oh, wow. I have been I have read a lot of of or I started to read a lot of series of books where the first couple books or three books are really good. And then they start to get bad and they just they're obviously just pumping them out yeah. because they're popular. The author's probably lost interest. They may have a ghost writer. They're writing with a team now. The author wants to write their great, their great American novel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they got a little money. Yeah. Oh yeah. And these just, they just kept getting better and more and more of an investment. Um, and it just, you talk about the great American novel. He butcher, I feel has, has, found a way to combine perfect noir with perfect fantasy and a comment on American culture hmm. during the, uh, during the, whatever time period he's writing the book. Um, it's a, it's an incredible marriage cool. of, of genres. Are you, what are you reading now? Can I ask? Um, what, uh, American gods. Oh uh, yeah. I was going to say Neil Gaiman. I was going to mention her, him earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun yep. one. It is. It is. Um, also, um, so I'm, I read a little bit and then I'll go to a different book depending on how I'm feeling. So I'm usually reading at least two books and right now I'm, I'm just working my way through, um, Nick Offerman's good, clean fun. Nick Offerman is great. Yeah. 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 Paddle Your Own Canoe was a great book. I should um, read that. What's Gumption, that? What's that about? That's just his, essentially his life, okay. and um, so it's he's, it's he's from his, Illinois originally, isn't he? Yeah, or, Manuka. Okay, right. Yep, it's uh, north, um, but not. It's not Chicago. It's not even like Chicago suburb. Um, but it's yeah, it's out in the middle of of nowhere, small town. Um, we actually, we had to take a detour because of road construction once and found ourselves driving through mm-hmm. Manuka, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, there needs to be a statue or something. It should be a wooden statue. It should be a carving of Nick Offerman. Yeah. Absol- that he, he has made. <laughs> that he's made himself. Doesn't he have a uh, wood, wood shop in Brooklyn? I think, I think um, he does. LA. Oh, in LA. I got you. Yeah. Right. Yep, he's a Offerman Wood Shop, right? And because he, he actually, I mean, he was a set builder. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, he went to University of Illinois. I knew that because uh, I have a friend in England who used to date him, and they were in the same troupe together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's um, an actor, great actor. Sharice, uh, shout out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Small world, to- right? It is. It is. I went to the other theater school in Illinois. I went to Milliken. Okay. Um, not that it's there's so, hopefully somebody that'll hear that and go, oh, Milliken. Yeah, Milliken. Um, what what's the mascot of the Millikens? The Big Blue. Milliken Big Blue. All right. Yep. Go blue. Yeah. Go Big Blue. We were a theater school. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, the football team. People are like, how's actually though uh, the girls. I say girl, the women's, pardon me. Um, volleyball and basketball teams were 
just killers. Yeah, you never know. Sometimes schools have those those odd yeah. uh, kind of you, you know they, they're not the marquee programs, but they're really really competitive. And if you know that world, then you know it. Yeah. Well, and the guys' sports were fine. Uh-huh. They were fine. <laughs> the, flag, the only flag football team, the only D three flag football team. <laughs> The Milliken don't hurt us. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really that was the slogan. Milliken, we'll lay down. <laughs> Milliken, I want to dance, so don't hit my knee. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, um, fun! I, I say that if my if my buddy Matt hears this, who was on the Milliken football team, he okay. was uh, what they called him was uh, Big Mean Matt. Okay, okay. Well, he, we don't want to mess with Matt. No, Matt was Matt was uh, he was a scary, scary dude. Um, it takes a certain type of uh, personality to play American football, for sure, especially uh, at any sort of high higher level. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play football. I was a steer wrestler instead. Oh, oh you wrestled yeah. steer? Yes. Okay, yeah. we got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did the the Missouri rodeo circuit. Uh, long story short, Missouri rodeo circuit, um, and I. Not, I roped cattle. I was I was in the roping events, but I also did steer wrestling, which is you are on horseback, and there is a steer somewhere between three and eight hundred pounds, um, that is in the chute. You nod your head, the steer runs out, you chase it on the horse, and then you jump off the horse and grab the steer by the 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 horns, dig your heels in, and twist. Mm-hmm. and try to get the steer down. Right. I think I've and, seen footage of it. Yep. And yeah. the faster you do it, the the better. Okay. Uh, and I used to do that. Can you letter in that? <laughs> um, if you're a part of the, the high school association, uh, I was never part of that because okay. the money was in the actual um, ah. Missouri Radio Association. Okay. Wow. So, so you really did grow up on a farm. Yeah, I grew up in the sticks. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. How did you get turned on to that? This is this took a turn, but I like it. I, I that's the maybe the last thing I would have expected. Uh, right. Oh, everyone. Uh, yeah. They, when they talked to me, they're like, "Oh, comedian, Shakespeare, uh, nerd, fantasy stuff." And you did you did what? Yeah. Uh, I'm also cool. I'm real good at splitting wood, and I can build stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I my dad was uh, he was a, a steer wrestler. And um, did some of the what they call the rough stock, like the bucking events. Um, never did uh, bulls uh, because when you're got big, broad sol- shoulders and a barrel chest, you it's better suited for the skinnier guys because of physics. Because those bulls will get to spinning, mm. and what they what they call they they make the well. So mm-hmm. I've seen they, that. Yeah, and then when they they'll twist suddenly the opposite direction and it doesn't matter how strong of a grip you have physics is physics you're going mm-hmm. unless you are a lighter kind of wiry yeah yeah yep so um some of us uh broader shouldered individuals um we were better suited to just jump off horses <laughs> and and tackle sides of beef <laughs> nice um, but the, the, that event is specifically why um, I walk funny oh, no. and, uh, and, and why I groan when the barometer changes. <laughs> oh, man. Did you get – you got injured at some point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, cracked I my ribs. I <sighs> uh, busted both my knees. Mm. Um, 
yeah, I had, I had a, I never got gored. Um, thank goodness. But steers weren't really that aggressive. They would kick you on the way, like if you missed, mm. like if you overshot, they would give you a little kick to let you know that you messed up. Um, I had a cousin who was a bull rider and he got gored. Uh, yeah. Did he make it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was fine. And it with, within a month, he was riding again. Yeah. That mentality is wild. Right back at it. Yeah. He was, he would try to go back two weeks after he got gored and no one would let, they were like, we're not going to take your money. No, you're going to die. <laughs> right. Stay away. Yeah. Yes. I'll be fine. Uh, yeah. like, you're not. Uh, you know, uh, I think a sports psychologist would probably say, though, that as soon as they'll allow you, you should go back. If you're serious about staying, you got to go back because otherwise I think it, it, the inertia would set in possibly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think that's absolutely true. And he was just he loved it, even though it was terrifying. Mm. Um, and it was, like I said, never anything I ever, ever did. How uh, old were you when you first started? Whew, um, I started roping. Um, when I was, well, I mean, I started, I learned to use a rope out of necessity when I was six. Jeez. Um, cause you know, we had cattle and horses yeah. and it was a tool. Sure. Um, so, but we started, dad started getting back into it cause he was, he had done it in his late teens, early twenties. And then I guess I would have been. 11 or 12 okay. when we started roping right around the same time you're you're sneaking in to read preacher at the mall exactly yeah exactly. i'm piecing a life together here right now i'm beginning I know. to yeah the the puzzle I, is yeah I, coalescing my uh, my neighbor uh has said he, he's i i've told him some of this stuff and he's like i want to read this memoir I don't want to read a lot of biographies but this right one. yeah this yeah you're you're selling me i wonder at what point does that, you know, that young Larry go, ah, I want to take to the stage. <laughs> like, when does that happen? I was also six years old. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Why? I, I loved, I, I loved the idea mostly, um, of making people laugh. Uh -huh. And I knew I could do it on, on stage. And I had done some silly stuff, like, you know, just little school plays. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was the teacher would always give me a, the de the funny line because she knew I could say it in a deadpan way, uh, whereas every other kid giggled mm -hmm. when they were saying it. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and then I did some some. I actually wrote some sketches in junior high and performed them. Um, and then in high school, I there I I joined the theater club. Mm -hmm. Uh, my freshman year and started like performing constantly. Now, was this way out in the sticks still? So you're in some sort of a rural high school where a bunch yes. of cities come together. Yep. Okay. Yep. It was, um, a, gosh, how many towns, most of the towns around us all came to this one school. Yeah. Right. Um, I had, I had one of the biggest graduating classes of 99 people. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I everybody that. knows everybody else's dirt. Oh yeah. Small town. Yeah. yeah. There's no, like, like there's, there's really very few things I've actually performed in my hometown mm -hmm. twice now. Okay. And the first time I was like, this is not going to go well. 
I don't know why I agreed to this. And, you know, like I said, with the first time doing standup, it went really well. And then they asked me to come back and, um, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but sold out two shows in my hometown. Hey, all right. That's, that's pretty good. That's a good feeling. That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but there were a couple stories that I, you know, y- you take with comedy, you take something and you, elab- you, you elaborate and then you overblow it and you find the funny and some stuff. And a couple people after I got done with, with the second set, a couple people I had known from high school came up and they went, uh, that's not exactly how that went. And I said, I know, but you're paying me to lie. And therefore I'm going to lie in the funniest way possible. That is, that's great. That's exactly it. It's a, that whole thing with stand up say, you know, on the way here or, you know, yesterday or at the airport. And of course, you know, it, it didn't happen yesterday at the way to the airport. They've been saying the same thing for a year and a half, you know, prepping their special. Yeah, exactly. But you, exactly. you live with that. Who are your, a few of your favorite uh, standups working now? Um, someone that no one knows and should, um, the first name that pops into my head is always Stuart Huff. Okay. All right. I think I've heard that name. Yeah. He, he is one of the smartest and funniest and fearless comics working today. Um, where's he from? Do you know? He, uh, I almost said Tennessee, Kentucky. Kentucky. Um, okay. Yep. He is. So he's got this gruff Southern deep voice, real like Southern smokers voice. Um, but he, I've seen him lose an audience and then immediately bring them back and then on purpose, lose them again and then bring them back because it's when he brings them back is the, it's the funniest to the audience. Um, he's a great dude. Um, also just that he's a, he and I've worked together twice and he's just cool. Good to be around as one of those guys. Um, good hang. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is all, it's part of standup comedy when you're working together. Um, but you know, to names that other people might, that other people are more familiar with, familiar with, uh, Kyle Kinane. And I know every, I think every comic in my generation, Go, it's just points to Kyle Kinane as someone that they like. Um, Matt Bronger, um, Rory Scovel. Um, Rory Scovel is great. Uh, uh, I've been losing it lately over Tim Dillon. Yes. He's he's having a moment for sure. Did you see his Corona sketch? He, no, he, no, I didn't. He dressed as Corona, as the virus, and walked around L.A., of course he did. Perfect. I, he, uh, what is he? In? He plays the, the human resources guy on, um, David Spade's new show. The I, I think, Out. I think so. I think that's the case. Yeah. He's definitely made it. He got on Rogan and all that. Pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think about Rogan going to Spotify? Um, I think that his audience will follow him. Yeah. You know, he's got a, he's, he, he's got a very loyal audience. I am, I don't, I'm not of the camp of comics or people that it's like, I don't like Rogan, but I'm also not like crazy. I, I don't go crazy for Rogan. Sure. Sure. Um, I, I respect everything that he's built. Yeah. 
Um, I think he's a cool guy. Yeah. But it's done a uh, lot for podcasting and, and for stand up. He's he's a nexus for sure. Whether whether you like his politics or or his approach or whatnot, yeah, he's definitely that deal is incredible. Hundred million dollars to go to Spotify, unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I think it'll get Spotify a a lot more traffic mm-hmm. um, from sources that they never would have gotten. I think so too. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I don't. It's funny with Rogan. There are some of his politics that I really agree with. And some, and it, and that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, you know, we're not supposed yeah. to one hundred percent agree with everybody. Absolutely. If, if a person takes all of their political cues from the New York Times, are they even a person? What are they then? <laughs> it's just you're just you're a walking newspaper. Nobody, yeah, exactly. nobody wants that. No. Um, Larry, before the before we started recording, you mentioned you were doing a podcast with uh, Illinois Public Pu- Public Radio. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah t- tell me about that. Um, so we are actually, it's, I think I can officially talk about it. Um, we are releasing next week. It's going to be a show called convince me. Um, and it's funny. It's, it's, <laughs> um, before you and I even talked, I'd started recording episodes. It's very similar to what, what we're doing here. Um, and that we are talking about stuff that maybe you don't like, that other people seem to really love uh-huh. um, or what makes, what, what do you just not find funny that everyone else seems to laugh Convince at? me. That's a funny angle. I like that. Okay. Um, and then, but the, the adverse side of that is, and what I, I think we all want to hear more about is what you love. Uh-huh. So for instance, I, I did an interview today and we are because we're really concentrating on the what's funny, what's not. Mm-hmm. What do you find funny? What's not? Because I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, obviously, right. as a comic. But, you know, I, I think just in general, the science of comedy and, and concentrating on what makes people laugh and what makes different people laugh um, is fascinating. And but, you know, we uh, we talk about what. um what doesn't make you laugh, what does make you laugh and, and what you love. And like this interview I did tonight was, um, the, the person I was interviewing said, uh, strangers with candy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember show, that from comedy, comedy central. central. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy central. Yeah. And I, I, cause I tell the guests not, don't tell me, don't tell me what you're going to talk about because I don't want to know. I want to react and just have a conversation about it. And so he threw out strangers with candy and I, had a, I just, I, I was like, oh my gosh, my hands went up in the air, but I didn't say anything. And I was like, no one can see me. It's a podcast. <laughs> no, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's through the front row, uh, the front row network and NPR Illinois. All right, cool. And, uh, so we'll, we'll be releasing, like I said, in the first, the first episode next week. So yeah. And where can people find you online? You have a website? Um, I have a website that is down for maintenance right now but you have um, a twitter account yes it is at uh all of my all of my social media is at pound smith 2 pound smith 2 p-o-u-n-d-s-m-i-t-h-2 okay um, because my initials are lb aha indeed i see yep and i would like to take credit for that cleverness um but i was 25 and a friend of mine called me and they said, what's up, Poundsmith? And I said, what are you calling me that for? And they said, Poundsmith. 
I said, yes, I understand. I heard you the first time. What, why are you calling me that? And they said, cause your initials are literally pound Smith. And I went, I'm very embarrassed. But uh-huh. I, did not, I did not realize that. This is the middle name. What's the middle name? Bruce. Ah, Larry Bruce Smith. Yeah. And, and the second that's hence the two LBS, the second. Yes, yeah. it's named after named after the old man because he had a distinct lack of imagination. Wrestling uh, steers, reading fantasy novels, doing stand-up comedy, doing now radio. What do you think about the state of stand-up comedy? Have you done any of these Zoom shows that everybody's been talking about? What what's up there? Yes, I've done I've done a handful of streaming shows and Zoom shows. Um, I will tell you that doing just regular stand-up which go back uh, when I do my, my standup, I have a lot of, of short jokes that I also tell a lot of stories. Um, and so doing these, these 10 minute spots for streaming, they're like, just do standup. And I would do these jokes and you don't hear anyone laugh Ugh. and it feels like bombing for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I got invited to do storyteller shows. Okay. And be like, you know, tell a story for 10 to 15 minutes. We just, we just want to hear a story. And so I do that. And even though I couldn't hear the audience laugh, I knew I was just telling a story. I knew where the, the punchline. So maybe that works a little better. It's for me. And it's, it seems for uh, some other comics to just feel better to do storytelling. Um, Now I know some, some shows where they've figured out, how to just bring in a, a, an audience who actually wants to be there. They'll leave their microphones on and you can actually hear people laughing. Um, I did a show like that. And when it, it was uh, with a buddy of mine who is actually from, he did, he was in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a while. Okay. Um, um, but uh, he was like, just, if you want to just, I'm asking you to do, you know, 15 minutes. You want to tell a couple stories, tell a couple stories. You want to do stand up, do stand up, and we're going to leave the mics on. And so we did that and had about 35, 40 people viewing. And people were polite enough if they needed to talk to the person in the room, they'd mute and then come back on. And so you can actually hear the laughter, but there's something, there's something very different mm. about you're hearing laughter or when you're on stage and in that room and you're feeling, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the transfer of energy when you're giving. <sighs> yeah. Uh, we heard one of my plays uh, read. It's the first public reading and they did a zoom reading. The actors, you know, put a ton of work into it. They clearly rehearsed. They knew the material and it was a little uncanny um, just to sit there and, and not to hear a single audience reaction for 80 minutes was really, difficult um yeah they did a great job and i'm glad they did it because I, I got a lot out of it and all the rest but yeah it's not quite the same i can't wait until they open the theaters back up they open the the bars and the cafes and the open mics and everything and um do you ever does your comedy ever take you up toward the twin cities you ever uh, travel around uh oh yeah okay. yeah i uh, um i get up uh all over um i but it's funny my circle has every year gets bigger um you know, as, went, as it should. Yeah. That's, and that's the move. We just want the ripples to get bigger. Yeah. Um, and I keep 
I'm fortunate enough to to work with some good people and make enough connections where I get to get up towards um, you know the Twin Cities. I get to go over to Michigan and um, South Dakota and Nebraska, and um, I've performed all throughout the South um, because look at me. Um, that's just I look. You do, you, <laughs> you do look like you could be from Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Shaved head, the big beard, right? Um, I, the I, I'm. I did a show in in Iowa right before Christmas. Yeah, and it's up in Davenport, this great place I've, I'm called the the Renwick Mansion, and they do tomfoolery on Tremont, and uh, got to work with uh, Shane Torres and. Uh huh. That's oh, all right. We've been going for an hour. This happens. Names are tough. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, but uh, so I, 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 we're seeing the audience come in, and people are looking like, "Oh boy, there's a bunch of redneck boys here." And I looked at him. I said, "I am the king of rednecks. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do, what I say. Yeah, I am the king of rednecks." I said, "Just, just watch." I finished my set, came off stage, was going to the green room because they had some beverages waiting for us. And uh, so I was going to the green room to, to wet my whistle. All five of these guys that came in together, all in camo jackets and trucker hats and cowboy boots, all came up and they're like, hey, man, I just got to talk to you about. And I was like, and I look over at, you know, because another comic has, has went up on stage. Yeah. And I look over at the headliner and I just shrugged and he just shook his head. And he's, he was like, you're like the Pied Piper for redneck boys. <laughs> well, that's perfect. That's a great way to close. Larry Smith, comedian on Twitter. Tell, tell us the Twitter handle one more time, Larry. At Poundsmith2, same thing on Instagram. So. Fantastic. And I'm Kevin Kautzman. This is the podcast Get This. You can find it at getthispodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. If you go to the website, you can support the show. It's all about great interviews, people you might not otherwise hear from, or if you would, they're talking about things you might not otherwise hear them talk about. Today, we talked about the Dresden Files, which is super cool. I've been, uh, Larry, I've been reading Nausea from Sartre. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's <laughs> And it's great. But it's also a lot, and I think maybe when when I close that final page, uh, I'll, you know, maybe I'll put the put the pistol down and I'll pick up the dre- the Dresden files. It, and, it, yeah. It's Sartre. It's going to be a bottle of pills and some Chardonnay, <laughs> right. and you know that. Yeah, and like a, and like a filterless cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it's a good novel, but boy, it's uh, it's 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 pretty dirge like and heavy. But yeah, Larry, this was great. Let's let's do this again. And please, when you know we're we're in touch on Twitter. So if you know when things return to normal, I'll keep an eye on when you're coming and going. And if you get to the Twin Cities, I'll I'll come out and uh, support your comedy. Please do. Thank you All very right. much for having me on. Really had a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, great to talk to you, Larry. All right, you too. Take care.